You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Ryan? Michael? How you feeling, buddy? I feel good. Did you have a good weekend? I had a great weekend. You were in Italy, too. I was not in Italy. So London. <laughs> I was in oh, London. God, idiot. I mean, they get confused all the time. It's not your fault. Yeah, they're close to each other. They really are, yeah. Uh, Italy's a little south, right? Slightly. Just slightly south of London. Southeast. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Thanks for the geography yeah, lesson, yeah. man. No hey, anytime. Hey, guys. Uh, hey, we've got a great episode today. I always say that, but uh, I don't always say it, do I? But reading a lot of your comments, and uh, I'll like them, but I do read them. I don't reply to every one of them, but I reply, and I love them. I love your your responses to the show and what you think about it. And if you ever have any ideas, hey, man, shoot them out there. Um, you know, I try to get the best guests I can so you guys keep listening and are, are engaged and, uh, you know, have some honest, raw, real conversations. We have a great guest today. I, I love this interview. This was so fun. We're going to get into that in a, in a second. Um, want to say thank you also for listening to the new podcast in love with Michael Rosenbaum and Chris Sullivan. That is also on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere. I think that's really about it. Nothing really happened to me this week other than, um, you know, I'm part of this great organization, nonprofit called food on foot helps homeless here in Los Angeles. And it's, it's an amazing organization. I go out there every Sunday and help. And, uh, I'm a 98 club member, which is $98 a month. And you would be surprised at what it does for people. It really saves lives. So I'm throwing out that food on foot, just incredible. Also, if you want to donate Ronald McDonald house, I, I love them. Ronald McDonald house here in Los Angeles. Um, really when kids are going through surgeries and battling leukemia and things that we couldn't even possibly understand, or maybe some of you do, um, you know, Ronald McDonald house not only helps these kids and, and gives them a place to stay, but a place for their parents to stay with them. You know, um, it's very expensive. And um, so your help's always appreciated. Um, right now, Jenna Fisher, guys. Jenna Fisher, we're going to get inside Jenna Fisher. She talks about her uh, marriage to my, my one of my best friends, James Gunn. And uh, my other, she wasn't married to Sean. That'd be weird if she was married to both guns, right, Ryan? That'd be really strange. That'd be weird. It'd be a good story, though. Yeah. But she also talked about, you know, The Office. She talked about, you know, she loves rain, but she talks about some stuff on that. She's got a new podcast coming out that you guys want to hear about. Sounds fucking great for you Office fans. Let's get inside Jenna Fisher. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. What were we talking about right before we started rolling? Oh, about why I put my phone on airplane mode all the time. Oh, yeah, because this is one I, I really wanted to know why. Because my phone has been spying on me. So check this out. I'm in New York City. We are staying in our apartment in New York City, and we have a window unit air conditioner, and it broke. So we walk to Bed Bath & Beyond, my husband and I, and I say, oh, hey, look, it's one of those portable, rolly air conditioning units that you can plug in. We could move it from room to room. So if any of the other window units break, this is perfect. Should we get it? Well, it wasn't for sale. It was the floor model, yada, yada, yada. We have a whole conversation about should we get a rolly air conditioner unit. Two days later, I get an email about a sale on portable air conditioning units, a spam email. Explain that to me. Explain that to me. That's weird. This um, was a conversation I was having in Bed Bath & Beyond, and I got an email. 
And then I went and I looked and I realized what it was because it came to my real email. So I have two emails. I have a fake email. What do I have? You have my real email. So I have a real email. That's where I do all my work and I converse with people personally. But if I ever order anything on the internet or you have to like sign up for a website to get stuff delivered, I always put this other email because, you know, then they spam you about all yeah. the sales and I don't want to read I about your sales. That. Sure. Like in, I'm trying so I separate the two. So this came to my real email and I realized that Instagram has my real email. It's the only website that I gave like my real email to. Okay. I'm really getting nervous now because I just give my okay. shit to everybody and their mother. Okay, right. And so here's what it is. Instagram listens to you through the microphone on your phone. So in order to do Instagram stories and stuff, you have to turn on the microphone. And sometimes it'll just enable the microphone when you're not using the app and it'll listen to you and it'll collect data on you and then sell you shit. Ryan? Look it up on the internet. You can Google it. You can Google Ryan, it. Ryan, have you heard of this? Yeah. No, I get I get uh, targeted ads all the time. It's it's terrifying. But it's not just from web searches. It's not just based on what you are typing in. It's She's based saying things on you say or things you things you say. Yeah, because I don't have an Alexa or a whatever in my house. I don't have those devices yeah, those, that those listen to me out, because yeah. they freak me out. But this was just I. That's so, really odd. So this is why the suggestion in the article I read was that you should either turn off all the microphones or always keep your pla- your phone on airplane mode, unless you're actually using it. But then the problem is you can't get phone calls and text messages. I don't know. I'm I'm struggling with it. Or I go through and I turn off all the microphones. Are, yeah. Are you are you a paranoid person? Do you are you get freaked out when people are at a store if they're looking at you or if it's too long or I know they come up to you? Are you are you a shy no. person? I'm a shy person. I get very embarrassed when people recognize me. I feel embarrassed being the center of attention. I did not become an actor to be the center of attention. I became an actor to hide in other characters and be other people so, so why like, don't you when, dress up as someone else then when you go well i wear a hat and that works a but lot people of see time. your face like oh well, she's so pretty it's and, it's and everybody's Jenna always Fisher. everybody's always so nice but i feel very shy and embarrassed Do you get anxiety? by the attention no no I, I i don't walk around with a lot of i don't it doesn't like weigh on me you don't you don't wake up with any kind of anxiety no not really i mean i'm a generally kind of like nervous anxious person, but it's not directed at any one thing. I do have a bag full of old medication where I wrote out what everything is in case of like, you know, a zombie apocalypse or a a tragedy. Yeah. Does that, do you feel like that applies? No, I have, I have that too. In fact, yesterday. It's in a backpack. It is. Oh yeah. It's all labeled. I should. Is that weird? Well, my pills are labeled Xanax, Ambien, um, Tamiflu. No, this is like, this is my expired medication. So it'll say like for pain, antibiotic, because, you know, I asked my husband if this was too much and he said, time will tell. <laughs> time will tell. Isn't that the we'll truth? See. We'll see. I guess we'll Maybe, see if you were right. You're either the smartest person or the weirdest. That's what we I don't always know think. Yet. I always think that, you know, you have this stuff in the house, but you throw it away. You don't need it. It's space. But I'm like, but what if you need it? Right. What if that earthquake hits? Yeah. And then someone I know, they've got a bone coming out of their leg. And I'm like, wait, I have some expired medication from my C-section in this backpack over here. But where's the backpack? The backpack is in an exterior building on my property. So it's not even in my house. So it's like in one of the like detached um, right. sheds. So an, an, an incident has to happen mm-hmm. within the vicinity of your house. Well, that's true. So if anything happens elsewhere. Got to get to that backpack. Got to get to that or the nearest emergency room. 
Or, yeah, or just pharmacy. Just break in and take what you need. Right. There's also that option. (laughs) That's, I I don't know anybody who has another facility. I mean, I guess if you had like a, a, a shed. Yeah, it's like a shed. It's like a shed. Yeah, I didn't know what to call it. But right. yeah, it's just like a shed where you All keep right. your rakes and, you know. So you have quirky little things that you just. Shovels you know, and stuff. But you, but you don't seem like you you really get, like when people come out to you, feel shy. Do you make them feel like, uh, like, do, you, do they feel weird? when? Because some people, you know, I can make people feel good. Like, that's just a gift I have, which is also. This is true about you. This I love that you know this about yourself, well, I, too. I, I think it's the only thing I actually notice, which I really, because there's a lot of things I don't like about it myself, which I've talked about many times, and I always do. But the one thing, I just feel like I can make people feel comfortable. This is true about you. I just try to make everybody comfortable. Like, today. But you just do it without thinking, right? It's just yeah, part of you. It's, it's just, just your DNA. It's how you are. Yeah. So when they come up to me like, oh, I'm like, yeah, let's get, give me your camera. What are you doing? Let's do the, hey, how are you? Oh, that's now, so nice. But I see some people who are a little awkward or just like, you know, they're shy like you. Yeah. So what do you do? Let's say I just come up to you and I go, hi, are you the girl from the office, Pam? Yes, yes, yes. That's me. Yeah. You were in Blades of Glory. Yes. And you were in this play that, yeah. Um, Can I get your autograph? Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm so shy. Like, I feel, I feel embarrassed. I, like, I, I think, like, who would want that? And so then I just feel embarrassed. But why do you feel like who would want that? Because you were on a tremendous, I mean, hugely successful show. So you figure, oh, of that, course they're going to want to come up to Well, you. that is just coming from my upbringing. That my upbringing was, like, the concept of humility. And don't brag. Like, if you mm. if you have a talent or if you have something that someone else doesn't have you just keep that to yourself so i really? think it so i think it's like a i think it's like a no bragging thing was that a good thing was it did you still have the whole uh i'm proud of you jenna i'm really proud yes, of you you're yes. really good i yeah, love you yeah we're so you. Okay. proud of you everything you're doing is so wonderful oh, but well, that's just good. don't make a big deal out of it right and like if people <laughs> don't make a big deal out of it but also like if people come up to me when i'm with my mother and they say something like, oh, we just love your daughter so much. She's she's such a talent. And we watch her show all the time. My mom will say, thank you. And I have another daughter who is a school teacher who is also really – so it's like she – like my mom will be so careful to make sure that she gives my sister a big plug as well. Did, she, did you hear that? I heard – that, what <laughs> was that? Was it your stomach? No, my I, mouth made a noise. I turned your stomach with that story. <laughs> You are disgusted by that. Where's your backpack? God's sake. We have to have run. Anything it's, for that? It's in my. Oh, I don't. Yeah, have acid an- reflux or something. I don't have any antacids in my backpack. Do you keep anything in your purse right now? I keep very little in my purse. I have a whole thing about carrying a purse and wearing high heels. I find it as a feminist, it really bothers me. I want to carry a wallet like a man uh, in my back pocket. And put my keys in my front pocket. But let me tell you something about the pockets on women's pants. They're about 70% smaller than the pockets on the back of men's pants. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we earn about 70 cents to every man's dollar. I think it's a huge conspiracy. Oh, my God. I do sound so paranoid. So you want bigger pants? I want bigger pockets. Bigger pockets. Yeah, that would be. For all my money in my wallet for when I get paid equal. I like, want equal pay and equal pockets. I'm going to make a t-shirt. I think that I, well, I agree with you. Equal pockets for equal pay. Equal That's pockets a hashtag. for equal pay. Let's start it. Hashtag equal pockets for equal pay. Yeah. It's hard to say. It is, a, it is an alliteration, isn't it? 
maybe we need to rethink it. Equal pockets for equal pay. You know, you said something like your mother's always like, oh, but my, my other daughter, she's a teacher. Now, you had a lot of teachers in your family and you weren't a teacher. Correct. My mom was a teacher. My sister is a teacher. My sister married a teacher. Did they let you know that? Like, hmm, could have been a teacher. No, I think they knew I never wanted to be a teacher. Were they upset by that? No, I think I'm doing exactly what my mom hoped I would do. Truly. Really? Because most parents don't want their kids to become actors. My mom was totally happy with it. My mom, I think, would have loved to have pursued acting. She did a lot of theater growing up. And uh, when she went to college, her father would only pay for her college if she wanted to be a nurse. He was a pharmacist. Mm -hmm. And he kind of didn't believe that women should work out of the home. So my mom really broke away and paid for her own college. She felt called to be a teacher. But I think that if she had grown up in a family that offered her more encouragement and options, she might have pursued acting. Was she good? I mean, could... she was good. She was a, she was always the lead in all the church plays. Like she did. Like what role? Oh, oh, what's that one um, play? Oh my God. I wish I could remember. It's a comedy. Agnes of God. No, no that's a drama. That's a drama. Um, you can't take it with you. Oh yeah, you know that comedy play? Yeah, so she was, she was the lead in that? in that. Do you remember seeing her? Yes. Was it good? Yes. Were you like, oh my god, I want to be my mom? A little. I used to run lines with her as a kid. We would run lines into a tape recorder, and then she would listen to them while she cooked dinner or did chores. Do you still do that now? Do you still like do the recorder thing when you learn lines? I don't. You don't. How do you learn lines? Well, actually, I did do that for a play. I I did a play in San Diego, and um, I recorded certain scenes that I was having trouble with. And uh, and then I ran lines with myself. You recorded scenes? I, yeah. I, I read the lines. I read not my lines. So I read the other right. person's lines. And then I did lines with myself as I drove back and forth. Are you pretty good at lines? Yes. So you could learn if someone gave you, hey, three pages for uh, tomorrow. Do you need to? I could do three pages in 10 minutes. What, why? It, this this uh, By the way, I, I don't know. This pisses me off. People like who are on the show, Kristen Bell comes on the show. She's th that's that's just how she is. She's photographic memory. She can learn it in the trailer. My nerves are so rattled that I have to work endlessly. There's this fear really? that I'm going to fail. There's this fear I'm not smart. I have to. It's going to take me time to learn them. I just, you know, it's just, it's so hard for me. My performance is better when I spend a long time on the lines. If I have to, in a pinch, you could hand me a scene and we could start filming it in 15 minutes. And you'll get, like, my first idea for the line. You'll get my first instincts. It won't be the richest performance. It probably won't be the best. But if I work on it at home, then, like, more stuff will come out. So, But, but I can you memorize could still, quickly. You could retain it. It re is retained. Yeah, yeah. And then once you're done for that scene, it goes away? A little bit. What is that? That was an answering machine. I have a home phone, but it just doesn't record any messages. Yeah. I have the, it's a landline, a true landline, so that in case of <laughs> that emergency we've been talking about. Grab the backpack. You, we can call dial, you know, dial mm -hmm. 911 and they know where I am. But you know what? They tried to give me a digital landline, which does not record your address. And I had to really fight for that landline. I mean, really? truly, I had to get in an argument with phone company about You're it. You're very concerned about your privacy. I am because it sounds like it's been invaded before, not only through this Macy's or whatever. <laughs> what was this bed? <laughs> bad, bad, bad. No, it was my phone. They, yeah, listening to me. But before that, were there things that you were sort of paranoid, like um, 
you know, when the set's like, um, which address should we give them? I'm going to give you do alias names at um, hotels. Well, yeah. Well, you know, maybe it all goes back to this. When we were starting to become successful on The Office, when The Office was taking off and it was clear we were going to be on the air for a while and people were getting to know us as household names, our showrunner, Greg Daniels, brought in a security expert and he made us have a meeting with him. And this security expert spoke to us about how to maintain our privacy and safety. And he gave us all these tips. And he referenced, so one of his tips was never allow mail to come to your home address addressed to your real name because there was this girl who was stalked and murdered, an actress, and it was from a postal worker who saw her name and address come through his post office. He figured out where she lived. So that story haunted me. So I have all my mail sent somewhere else. And if you, like if a family member mails a package to my house, he also said if anyone ever sends anything to your house or leaves anything at your house, you should put it in a red folder because if you get murdered, we'll start with the red folder. <laughs> so I well, have, that's comforting. So I've got You're a dead. So listen, everybody, I've got a red folder. And I, you know, you'll get a call if I wind up dead if you've ever mailed anything to my house. So you are you are a little paranoid. I'm a little paranoid now after I guess hearing this. I use postmates my- all the time. Everybody knows my address, and I mean, probably half the time, even though I'm not a big star, they go, oh, you're the, or someone will even say, you're Michael Rosen. I'm like, how do you know my name? Yeah, when we do Instacart, I make my husband answer the door. I even put my alias, the guy who picked on me back in eighth grade, that's the alias name I use. You use your bully as your alias name? Mm-hmm. Oh, huh. great. What does yeah. that mean? Let's go into that. Want that's to? interesting. Why? I just thought it was kind of funny. Let's say it's Brenneman. Okay. Let's just say it's Brenneman. I went to this hotel, the Sutton Place Hotel. I filmed Smallville there for many years. So while I was staying there and I did other projects and movies, and while I'm at the Sutton Place, it's been years now since I, I had been at this hotel. Years. And my brother had come up when the show just started. So he hadn't been up there for many years. So we stayed, we got a room at the Sutton because we were doing, he came to visit. We were going to go, I was doing another project. Long story short, we walk in and all of a sudden one of the bell guys goes, good evening, Mr. Brenneman. And my brother goes, awesome. That was awesome. (laughs) How did he, you still, it was just like this random moment. I hadn't seen this guy in 10 years. He was still working there. Mr. Brenneman. I'm like, how are you? Didn't know your name. Sorry about that. I bet he's still working there. He might. I believe he was Filipino. Well, so you you recognize him by his face. You'd recognize him oh, if you saw 100%. him. Oh, 100%. I loved him. I would hug him right now. Yeah, I believe you. You wouldn't. Um, I would need to do some background checks first. Are you, are you, <laughs> a, are you a hugger? Yeah, I'm you, a hugger. You are? Yeah. Some yeah. people don't like I, hugs. I hug hello and goodbye. It's fine. My my friend Stephen, his wife does not like hugs. In fact, I remember the first time, like, oh, good to meet you. I'm just, I hug people. It's just, ah. She goes, she doesn't like hugs. That's going to be a problem for you in Los Angeles because people hug hello a lot. Yeah. It's a big hugging city. Mm-hmm. Are, yeah. are you a hugger, Ryan? Yeah, I'll do hugs. You do? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, you kiss me on the cheek sometimes too. So that's, you know, that's nice. I do not kiss you on the cheek. <laughs> Did you, you believed him. <laughs> yeah. You're very uh, you're friendly. You're wrong with that. You're very affectionate. I know we've, no, we've, no, we've established that boundary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I love my friends. I like to make them feel comfortable and sometimes uncomfortable or fun comfortable. Just, you know, I, I just, that's how I am. We saw each other at the Sean, a mutual friend, Sean Gunn's wedding. We did. And I remember sitting there 
and you're talking about kids and they like hockey. Hockey. My son plays hockey. Right. And I just remember we had this conversation about life, like work. Yeah. Do you remember? It's, a little I mean, bit. It's not that we were both like, who cares? But it was one of those things where like, like work isn't me. I don't like you just really are all about life. And I think you probably had to take time and figure that out. Like you said before, you didn't want to be, you just wanted, you loved acting. Yes. And right? I, yeah. And I still love acting. I, I love performing. And really, I think in my heart, I especially love live performance theater, but to do theater, it's very, for me, I really lose myself. And maybe that's why I like it so much because I really do get into the characters so deeply and it's a very self-absorbed narcissistic experience but one that I'm not willing to do while I have small children because I don't want to leave them. It's not a physical leaving. It's like an emotional, spiritual leaving when I get so absorbed in theater, but it's what I love about it so much. And so when they um, graduate from high school, I'd like to go back to doing theater. Inside of You is brought to you by Factor. I love Factor Meals, Ryan. Do you know this? Yes. Why do you know this? Because I've seen them in your fridge and you've offered me some. And you've had them. And I've had them. And you love them. I do. Because I asked you every time. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I spent an enormous amount of money using delivery services for food or going grocery shopping and never eating the food that I buy or too many leftovers. And it's just, I waste so much money. And, you know, Factor Meals has really changed my life in a lot of ways because They have so many different meals, like 35 different meals, more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, and it takes just two minutes. So it doesn't matter how busy you are, it's two minutes to cook this stuff. You always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals, and that's what Factor does. Um, I I, I just can't get over all the things they have, like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon, um, their breakfast items, everything, dessert. It's it's perfect for my lifestyle, and I think it's perfect for a lot of lifestyles. Um, yeah, you can crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Keep kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Warm, sunnier days are calling, Michael. Well, yes, they are. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. It's pretty incredible. Head to factormeals.com slash inside50 and use code inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inside50 at factormeals.com slash inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor Meals. Inside of You is brought to you by Neurohacker. Qualia Senolytic. Let me tell you something. If you haven't tried this, you are missing out. I just sent this to my mom. I have it. I use it. It's a product that I didn't, they weren't even my sponsor when I was using this. And I was like, wow, why do I have more focus or energy? 
Why do I feel better? Why do I feel different? It's because I take Qualia Synaletic, Neurohacker. Look, if someone would have told me, Ryan, that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months, I wouldn't have believed it. But uh, I tried Qualia Synaletic, and the rest is history. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling. Also known as zombie cells, they're old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senoletic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And... You just take it two days a month. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all the ingredients together. And Neurohacker Qualiacinoletic has a 100-day money-back guarantee. Oh, I have, I have more energy. Uh, I feel younger. Uh, I'm more productive. I will tell you that. I'm more productive. And uh, I feel like I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more enthusiastic about my life. I definitely feel that, and uh, for me, the aches and pains are less lessened by this, so that is a real important thing for me. Help resist aging at the cellular level, folks. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside. Neurohacker, N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R. Neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. You want to go do Broadway? Yeah. I want to move to New York. I want to do Broadway and win a Tony. I want that Tony. Do awards mean anything to you? Just the Tony. So the Emmy, when you were nominated for an Emmy. That was really exciting. And I really wanted Pam to win an Emmy. Like, she's so nice. Like <laughs> She really is. Don't you want her to have an Emmy? Absolutely. Yeah, so I felt bad. She didn't get it. But um, it was okay. Yeah, I think that would have been really cool. And I do think an Emmy would be really cool because I do consider myself a television actress. I consider that to be my genre that I focused on, that I'm proud of. But truly, the thing that made me want to be an actress was theater. And the thing I want to do most is theater. And to have the top prize in that. What is it about theater? Is it the like the immediate like the connection with the audience? I think just that feeling that you're this is live. This is you know something that you're not doing take two. I mean, because I've done a lot of theater too, but um, it's it's exhausting. It is. You know, you're doing like if you do Broadway, you could be doing eight shows a week. Yes. And you know, doing the same thing over and over is not easy for me. I I have ADD really real bad. And I totally get that. I think for me, it's that you get to tell the character's whole story in one night. So you don't have to stretch out the journey and the arc and the story and all the emotional beats over a month of filming. You get to do it all at once in one sitting, in one two-hour chunk. And I love going on the whole character journey and tell the whole story. And then when you do it again... It's really exciting to me how you can completely intend to say a line the same way as last night, but then it comes out a little different and then there's like a little thrill. It's like, it's like the same thrill as when you're kind of like, you know, sneaking around. It's like, a ooh, well, that line went different and listen to how they reacted and then, oh, get back on track. Sneaking around like 
Like sneaking around. We've all cheated on people, right? I mean, I'm very happily married 10 I years. I've never, I cheated, never cheated on my cheated. husband. You've never cheated I've never on someone? I've never cheated on someone. You've never flirted? I don't mean like. Flirted? I don't oh, mean like, yeah. I don't mean like. Look, I'm, by the way, I'm not a saint. I'm not sitting here going, I've never cheated. I've, I've, I've oh had my gosh. a lot I'm, of sex. I've had a lot of whatever. I'm, I'm single. I've, I'm flawed. I'm not judging. Right. Okay. I need to make very clear. <laughs> You're a cheater. It's totally cool. Oh my God. I'm so paranoid right now. I'm so paranoid. I know you're not a cheater. Can we re record this and put it in another term? Here's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) I know what you're trying to say. I am trying to say, like, we've all, we all were in our 20s, right? Yeah. Like in your 20s, you're like, you have a boyfriend, but then you're out and someone flirts with you and you're like, I'll take it. It's like that. It's just like that little thrill. No. I mean, look, it doesn't matter if you're if you're I, not married. Who cares? If you never cheated on your husband, then that's not then, then who cares? Correct. Okay, good. We agree. Ryan, are you a cheater? No. Have you ever cheated? No. Have you ever flirted? I mean, I'm not good at are it. Are there indiscretion? Have you ever had an indiscretion? An indiscretion? This is a no. horrible conversation. I'm sweating. <laughs> are I am you re- this sweating. This is brilliant. I am so Dude, uncomfortable. This is gold. I am so and uncomfortable Ryan, right now. Ryan this is the worst thing, moment of my life. Is it the worst interview you've ever had? This is, I am so worried that this is going to come across. Right Hang now. on. Let me, listen to I'm me. I'm spiraling. <laughs> Anybody who Where's knows you or is listening. my emergency? <laughs> Get the Xanax! I am a person of integrity. Please you, nail. Please drive that home. Do you? You know. I know you're kidding. I mean, anybody who knows you, you're not a cheater. You're not. They, you said sneaking around. It's like when you're young and you're like in high school and you have a yes. boyfriend and you're like, oh, this other guy's flirting with me. Oh, yes, it feels that's a little, what I was referring to. It feels to. a little naughty. Thank you. And yes. then you blow him in the back. No, I'm just kidding. That is what I was referring to. I mean, I'm talking about like saying a line slightly differently than you intended. And then it creating the sure. same sort of thrill that you get from an unexpected moment. Right. Do you, thank you. Do you <laughs> did you say fuck you? Or no, thank I said you? thank you. Oh, I we wish could... you would have said fuck you. <laughs> no. That would have been great. Hey, um, yes. Do you get nervous? I'm, I'm a nervous person. I, I walk around nervous. I mean, do you get nervous before a take? Oh, that kind of nervous. Yeah. It depends on what it is. So I just I just did this television show called Splitting Up Together. And they, course, I was going to ask you about yep, that. They, you worked with my friend Bobby Lee. Yes. You should do his podcast too. I should. I always do his podcast. I think I've been on his podcast the most. I've offered to him. do his podcast and he won't invite me. So maybe he'll hear this podcast and think I'm a good guest and then he'll believe me. I, you know, I will. I'll email him because you should do his podcast. Okay. I will do his yeah. podcast. I told him I would. The Asians are really supportive. Great. They were really cool. Is that Does that sound racist? Yeah, the way you phrased it. Well, what, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> Sometimes they just say shit that's stupid <laughs> because I'm not that bright. I meant like people of the uh, Asian persuasion. Uh, I, I, I feel like it might be getting worse. Let me just – let me try to get it out. I my stepmom's Asian. My, my uh, best friend growing up is Filipino. He's Asian. Joe Coy's Asian. Um I'm talking to a girl right now who's half Asian, half Mexican. I this is making me feel better about my whole tangent <laughs> that I went on frankly. <laughs> oh my god. I really I'm not editing this. Oh no. Um okay, well, let's, here, not, let's well, edit the last part about the Asian. No, I'm kidding. Don't, <laughs> don't write that down. I don't think that's necessary. I, and the people know me. Here is what I was gonna say about <laughs> He's being nervous. He's writing it down. He's like, I'm gonna make an executive <laughs> call here. Fuck. <laughs> Just in case, just in case we want to cut it. <laughs> it's like, just 
Sleep on it. You know Sleep funny? on it. Is I don't think I've laughed this much in a podcast. <laughs> you're genuinely making me laugh. Thank you. No, I really think you're funny. Like, I know you, but I was kind of like, I get a little nervous with every guest, but like, you know, we know each other, but we don't know each other. We know each other from James and Sean and Lee and whatever. And we kind of see, we don't know each other. It's and, true. And then you come here and it's like, oh my God, I love this girl. You're you just, know, yeah. Thank you. I actually do. You know how you said that like a thing about you is that you make people comfortable? I try, yeah. I am funny. You I know that funny. about me. You I'm naturally funny. funny. I've been that way yeah. my whole life. Oh, yeah. And I think people don't expect it a lot of times because I have, I think, a face of a non-funny person or something. I don't know. I look like – I always say I look like someone you'd be happy to rent an apartment to. <laughs> you, you'd let me sublet your apartment Not with no problem. I, fuck yeah, I would. I, right? I would let – if I didn't know you, I'd let you watch my dogs tonight. When yeah. You'd be like, oh, I trust her. Yeah. yeah absolutely. She can stay in my and house. And I'm a good judge of character. That's no problem. I feel like that. Yeah, so I present, that's the face I present with. But I actually have a really good sense of humor. And um, what's funny is the other day, my kids were making a list of who they think is funniest in our family. This maybe is a little telling about what kind of, I'm a very serious mother, I guess. But they made a list of all the people. And I was last after the cat. The cat beat me. They were like, well, I Harper, my daughter was like, I think I'm funniest. And then probably, then probably the cat. Then Weston, then Dad, then Mom. You probably were and, insulted by that. Well, I was like, I was like, that is amazing. I'm like, I've made my living on my sense of humor, but in my own home, I'm a huge dud. <laughs> You're a failure. A failure. You're a comic failure. Yeah. <laughs> Every day you bomb. I'm just boring them to death. <laughs> do you try harder? So hey, I've been trying harder ever since she said family? that. Ever since she said that, I've taken that as a challenge. I'm like, I am, I need to lighten up at home, clearly. Um, <laughs> Do you try to make them laugh? Sometimes. Do you ever raise your voice? Yes. Let me hear a yell. From um, guys, I said the bathtub now. I mean it. Listen to my voice. Is that as loud as you'll get? Yeah. It's more like, it, I don't, I'm not like so much a screamer or yeller as I am like a stern talker. Well, let me fast forward to when they're 14 or 15 and you hear a, say that same thing again. I'll be your, what's your son's name? Weston. Weston, watch. Go ahead. I said, get upstairs now. Listen to me. I've said it three times. Let's move. F you. All right. You are going to go to your room right now no, until you can learn to speak to me with respect. I can't, I don't have to do that. What are you going to do about it? Well, I guess I'm going to do nothing. I mean, really, you're raising a horrible kid if he's doing that. <laughs> I know. I mean, I... if he's saying that, you got to maybe next. But, you know, part <laughs> part of it is that, like, part of it is sometimes where uh, we, we had, like, timeouts and stuff when they were little. But it was it was never so much of a punishment as, like, listen, you need to go sit in the other room until you can calm down. That We respect each other in the family. Like, we, we get like really – like we go on too long. And the, so sometimes they're like, you know what? I'll just go in the other room because I don't want to listen to your philosophy of family right <laughs> I now. I just had this funny thought of you going in the other room just very – as a matter of fact, like is that a word? I'm accepting it as a word, yes. It's <laughs> – Ryan looked at me like I'm just an absolute it's, moron. It's probably not, but okay. matter as of fact, a matter of fact, Lee – yeah. Is your husband. Okay. As a matter of fact, Lee. <laughs> but, but you should call him that as a matter of fact, As Lee. a matter of fact, Lee. <laughs> what if you go – I could see you leaving the room with your, your child, Weston, who just upset you. And I could just – for some reason, I see you going to Lee and go, oh, I don't know what's gotten into me. I just – I feel like um, 
I sort of like feel like I want to spank him. <laughs> but you don't. But you want to just say it out loud. And you feel bad for just thinking that you want to spank him. We There have been conversations where I've said things like there are moments when like a child is going to do something truly dangerous. And how do you stop them from doing the really dangerous thing? Like right. running into the street without looking. Do you know what I mean? Like how do you drive that home? I don't know. Because there's some there's some things with kids where you can let them make the mistake and learn the lesson themselves. And there's some things you have to really. There's some things that you can't let them learn them. You can't let them learn run into the street and get hit by a car by themselves. (laughs) You know they can't learn that by themselves. You have to drive that home. And so it's like because we've always you know I'm a no hitting house and no screaming you know but then there was one time when. Weston started to run into the street and I screamed and he got so scared. He started scry- crying because I had because never heard scared. me scream. Like, yeah, I was scared yeah. and it all came out of my voice and I scared him. And I was like, sweetie, I'm so sorry. I scared you like that, but I re- really can't run in the street, you know? And I was able to recover quickly and he was okay. But I think you had to, it was just your instinct. Yeah, That's a fight or flight kind it of It is moment, kind you know? of. Yeah. Yeah. So I think sometimes like, I guess in that moment, since maybe because I don't scream all the time, when I did scream, it drove home the point, the, the really important point of not running in the street. Yeah, I would have got hit by the car because screaming in my house didn't affect me because it was just all the time. It was just constant screaming. Yeah, oh, they my were God. Like, I'm, I'm not even kidding. If I tell you one more time. I mean, it would just be yeah. like, you know, it's like, oh, my God. I'd rather my dad hit me than the voice. The voice? The voice was he's got that voice. It's like, I'm not going to tell you again. It was like sort of like Nicholson day 17 of The Shining. Do you have brothers and sisters? Michael, oh. If, uh, if you do that again, well, I'm working. I'm going to, you know, I have an older. It's a lot. I have an older half brother, an older half sister from my mom's first marriage, who she had when she was 16 and 18. She married my dad when she was 23. Her kids were now five and seven. He was 18. One, he was a hippie, uh, you know, then they had me a year later, my brother five years after that, uh, you know. Okay. All right. It was just like my dad was growing up. He was a kid. Could you imagine having a kid at 18 and having to deal with a no. five and a seven-year-old? No. I had my kids at 37 and 40, and that was perfect for me, except I feel like maybe I won't get to be a grandma. What? Well, if my daughter waits until she's 40 to have a baby, then I'll be 80 by the time she has a baby. Okay, so... But I won't be able to be like a sit on the ground and like watch your kids for you while you're at work, Grandma. Hey, Grandma Blanche is 91 and still driving. All right. All right. No, my great-grandma lived to be 96, but I it's something I think about. I think like I'm a much better parent because I waited, but I feel like I might be missing out a little on like another chapter of life, like the grandma chapter of life. Because You're I already put thinking off of grandma. I, I'm just thinking of commitment. You're already a grandma. I am, I think ahead. <laughs> if you hadn't noticed, you do. I, I do. mean, there's hey, there's nothing wrong with it. Do you ever get like, uh, you know, you say because obviously the 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 one yell, it wasn't a yell. That was a defense mechanism. That was like, I have to do this. That was yeah. Like, okay, that we was talked. that was sort of primal. Yeah, I, I, I was even... like, Joe, Jara. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. But did, have you ever lost your cool at work? Like where it's just like, I don't like how I'm being treated by a director. I don't like this. And just said, you know what? We're not going to, I don't, I'm not going to do this. I did. I, and I lost my temper at work. It was because um, I had fought really hard and asked to be off work for Halloween um, to go trick or treating with my kids. Mm. And 
we had planned it. And then there was some delay in a shooting that was happening that day. And we lost time. So we lost a scene. And the producers came up to me and said, we're really sorry, but we're going to have to tack that on to the end of Tuesday. And I said, mm, Tuesday's Halloween. I'm, I'm done at five o'clock on Halloween, you promised. And they're like, well, I'm really sorry. The only day we can get the crane which is what is required for the shot is Tuesday and we're going to have to do it at the end of the day because of this and that. And I lost my shit. I mean, it was like, I lost my shit. And that was, again, that was like a primal, like you will not take this away this from my, my family. family. Yeah. But I've never like lost wait, wait, wait. it. Did, did you end up trick or treating? Um, you know what? I lost my shit so hard that. that they fired you. Um, no. <laughs> That the AD, bless her heart, she came. So this was a Friday and Halloween was the following Tuesday. On Monday, she came up to me and said, if you're willing to stay late today and force your call for tomorrow on the down low, I found a crane and we can do the shot tonight because I couldn't handle how devastated you were about missing Halloween and I'm going to make it work. It was like she came to my rescue. That's nice. It was amazing. You know what? I had one time where I flew Friday morning after a scene back to L.A. And I got off the plane and I got in the car and I was halfway to my house and I saw a production office. So I answered it mm -hmm. on the third time I called. And it said, it was, hey, I hate to break it to you, buddy. You got to turn around and get you know, get it back on a plane. We got one booked right now. You got we got to do another thing. Something happened with the scene. We got to do it again. Mm -hmm. And I, the car turned around and I flew. So my, the weekend was gone. So I flew back, landed, two hours of makeup, got on set. AD goes, I'm so sorry. You could fly back home. We're not going to get to it. Oh my god, what did you do? God, I, I just go. I remember Jane, what's her name? Charitable, rich. A charitable, rich. Was in a rich castle. Person was always named doing Jane Fonda? Jewelry commercials. She was like Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, I think. Oh. Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour. She was there and, you know, she was a guest star and she was lovely. But this is one day where it was just like, you know, when someone's like genuinely sorry about something, it's like, it's what can you do? Yeah. But when someone's kind of like going, well, dude, get back up. Yep, 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 yep. I don't give a shit. You couldn't handle Your it. Your time doesn't mean nothing to me. It just cavalier fucking, it just was rude. I just felt like, you know, and I go, you know what, man? Fucking get your shit together. I forgot, I forgot what I said, but I was just really kind of, and it, I, I, I didn't raise my voice, but I remember. This is a very mild tantrum. Well, no. Well, hang on. Okay. And what got me was Jane goes, Michael, Michael, love. Everything just, this is filmmaking. It's what happens. It's the biz. And I just turned to her and I go, you're a guest star. Oh, you unleashed on Jane Seymour. I, but I didn't yell at her. I just go, you're a guest star. I love you. But, uh, you know, we deal with this shit all the time. Well, that was my question. Was this it kinda, like. It kind of got me to get, it got me a little upset. Like, this just, was just like, mind your own business. I love her, but sorry, Jane. But this was like a thing that had been sort of happening. And this was maybe the biggest example of the mismanagement 
But I imagine there that this had been building up. There had been like years oh, of like yeah. calling you in yeah. and not oh, using dude, you dude, dude, and dude, all dude. that sort of stuff. Yes, I said dude too many times to you. Yeah. It was a, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes you just don't feel like you're a priority sometimes. Sometimes yeah. you just don't. It's not that you have to be a priority. Things would happen a lot of times. And they wouldn't look at you. There were other people that had to be taken care of. Yeah. And so no matter what you had, and I had those same things where I'm like, hey, this is the week where I'm going to see my family. So I asked for this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three months ago. Right. Yeah, but as you know, Michael, production can't do that. That's not how it works. I'm like, this is, I have to, this is my brother's graduation. I'm I'm getting on a plane. I don't give a fuck. And then you're the dick, but I'm like, I'm getting on a plane. Yeah. You have to work it out. It's not like I'm springing this on you. So I would just be like, I'm going. So I don't, you guys could do what you want. I and, think it's... and deep down, I was kind of like, oh, you're not going, you're not going, you're trying to play, you know, Yeah. but I, you know, but you, you had to let them know how important it was to you. I feel like this is an aspect of filmmaking or being on a show that people don't um, maybe realize because mostly what you see are actors on red carpets at parties and fancy outfits, sure. or you see behind the scenes videos where we're all yucking it up, but easy. Yeah. Right, right. Like, but, but the thing is, is that, um, it's very long hours and you usually, when you're an actor, you're waking up when the sun is not out yet and it's five 30 in the morning and you're getting home at seven at night. And, you know, there's a union rule where you have to have 12 hours off from the end of one workday to the beginning of the next workday. But, um, you know, that's about all you get. And that yeah. doesn't include travel time or showering or working on your lines for the next day. And so it's a very consuming lifestyle. It's very consuming. And then when you're on set, people are on you all the time. The, the lack of privacy is and autonomy is very difficult for me about being on a set. So it's very difficult that from the moment I park my car, there's someone standing at my car door and then they walk me to my dressing room. Yeah, they don't room. trust you. And then no they sit, no, no, no. They treat you like a child who might run away okay, at any Michael, time. Come on, we're gonna go to the makeup trailer, and then you can have ice cream. And then yeah, they walk you there, and then they stand outside your door, mm -hmm. and then they knock, and then you come with them. Like you're constantly being escorted. And the, the thing that really bugs me is like you can't even go to the bathroom privately because you're wired. You've got a microphone on, so you have Bed, to stay. Bath and beyond. And you're like, excuse me, this is must be it. Yeah. They, the years they, of wearing the yep, microphone. They and you're hear like, every move. I need to go to the restroom. Jenna's taking a crap. Yeah, they're like, Jenna's 10-1. 10-1 is the code is for that bathroom. Is that 10-1? Yeah, 10-1. Why wouldn't it be 10-2? Well, it's t they make that joke. They're like, she's been gone a while. Must be a 10-2. Like, you hear them on the walkies. Jenna's 10-1. <laughs> it's a, maybe a 10-2. I'm serious. This is, it's like you're constantly, it's like they are like the secret service. They have little headphones on it and they track your movements. So someone's always watching you. Jenna's at craft service. Yeah. No, she's, no, she won't need makeup. She's just getting a banana. Should be fine. She just had a sandwich. I thought she was off the car. Can we get lipstick for Jenna? She's eating an apple. Like it's, you know what I'm saying? Like someone's watching you all the time. It's, it makes you, it's freaky. I just, you know, it's funny is while we're talking, all I can think about is how do we make this sound like we're not little fucking brats? <laughs> brats. I know. There's no way. No, There's I'm no trying way anybody to... listening right now is going, oh, poor things. No, I My don't. husband works at UPS and he works 80 hours a week, you fucking guy. No, and that's the thing. I'm not looking for anyone's sympathy. I, I, we're it's not. more of like, I was sort of fascinated by it when I started. I was fascinated. I really thought 
that oh also like you know what i'm amazed by are stories about actors who refuse to come out of their trailer i couldn't imagine refusing to come out of my no trailer. i just want to go home well and <laughs> also just this. like like i would be terrified to not come out of my trailer who are these people who don't come out of their trailers but i was just i was amazed by the machine that makes a movie go and that makes a tv show go and i was amazed that there was this like person who walked around next to me all day with a walkie-talkie talking into their shirt as if I can't hear them because initially I would respond to them they would be like Jenna is walking and I'd say what what was that they're like Jenna is walking I'm like what is it I guess they're like I'm not talking to you and I was like oh okay okay because you're walking right next to me you're referring to me you're referring to me so so like people talk about you while you're right there it's all it's all very odd to me. So I'm talking about it more in a, not to complain, yeah. but in the way of like it's sort of fascinating the way and we're, uncomfortable at times and uncomfortable and the, there's a, a lot of lack of privacy, you know, stuff you have to tell people and then they just sort of announce it. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, um, it's after the holidays and Jenna's gonna need bigger pants this week. Thank you. <laughs> She's gone up a size, so can we? Uh, we they need to go shopping. That. Because I, Jenna's gone up a size. That's extreme. In her pants. Uh, she could use that bigger. Happened. She could use bigger pockets. That happened. I mean, that actually happened. Wait, to me. that happened to you? Yeah, that actually happened to me. Where it was like it was. We came back after the holidays, and my skirt on the office didn't fit me anymore. <laughs> and they were like, and it was like a whole thing because I couldn't. I couldn't come out of my trailer because my skirt didn't fit right. And so it was like, where is she? Why isn't she coming out? Well, she's having a wardrobe issue. What's the issue? Well, it doesn't fit. We need to go up a size. We're scrambling. We're scrambling to go up a size. So then after that happened once, then the wardrobe people in the office, they kept two wardrobes for me, all in sort of like the regular size and then everything one size up in case I just didn't feel like giving a shit. And so then I had both options. And then I would get to work and I would just, after the holidays, they would set both skirts. Just, they didn't want the you to pick. The first episode uh, back Could from you the imagine? break. The first episode back from the break. They would just have the size four and the size six. But so you, whichever one's working, you're, you decide. You, but you, here's the thing: they can't win. In their eyes, they had a meeting. They and right. I said, here's the deal. What do we do, Jenna? Well, if we just put the the big one right that's in the insulting. trailer, then she's gonna think, oh. What the what the fuck? Right. If we put the small one, then she's gonna be like, "Oh, I need it's the big so one." Then she's uncomfortable. Then she, what if we just lay both, just of, them both out, of them out and she can choose what she wants to be? But what if you choose the big one, even if you don't need it? And they're like, well, "That's a little loose, Jen. I think you need the small one." Yeah. And then you're on on set going, "Oh, oh, really? Oh, do I?" <laughs> Oh, oh, you think well, you know, so? If you really think I need Does a smaller seem- one, <laughs> then get the smaller one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the but truly that's the kind of intimate stuff. I mean, like normally after the holidays, you can just grab your, you know, your big jeans or your big pants and go to work and no one needs to know. Yeah. But on a set, there's no privacy. Everyone has to know that. Everyone has to know Jenna doesn't like stuff taped to her skin. It makes her itch. I hate that I have to tell people that. Who cares? I hate that I know that. I wouldn't know that you can't tape a microphone to me because it'll make me itch. But now I know that. And now when a mic person comes up to me, when a sound person comes up to me, I have to tell them, excuse me, we're going to need to tape that to my shirt, not to my skin, or else it'll itch. (laughs) That's like annoying. Do you know what, though? That's annoying. The thing is, no matter what, 
it's almost like we're trying to prove ourselves to the crew, ourselves to the crew, to our fellow actors. We're not high maintenance. All I want to do is go to work and go on set, go to my trailer. They give me makeup, get my wardrobe, and they're ready to shoot. Yeah. That, that, I mean, I, I don't really care. But things, I want to be things, easy. Th- it, look, if you're there all the time, like you're there more than you're seeing your family. You're there for hours and hours. I, you know, something 16 hours. For, so you want things to be, you know, if I'm going to be here that long, I want things to be as comfortable as they can since I'm going to be here that long. So you know what? I want a place to rest, take a nap. I want a place to have some privacy, call some, you know, call someone. Uh, so I don't think these things, they sound trivial, but they're not. They're like, you know, it's kind of like. And those are those AD, AD, the first assistant director. They that's their job. They're told, "I want to know everything Jen is doing." Yeah. So then you have to go to their boss and go, "Stop!" And they go, "Well, actually, my boss. This is what the director wants." And then the direct- so it just is like it's it's something we just have to deal with. Yeah, and I I think I am a very private person, and we talked about how I'm kind of shy, and so it's uncomfortable for me. I like a lot of autonomy. I like my alone time. You know what I mean. So I, that, that's an uncomfortable part of the job Yeah, for me. It's just the con the, the very overly social, complete lack of alone time when you're on a set is hard for me. Sure. No, it is. It is hard. And for me, it's just doing the same thing. Like that's the one thing. That's why I think why plays and like even just doing something over and over, I get so bored so easily that I'm like, God, that was awesome. Can't we just use the wide shot? Why do, we have <laughs> why do I have to now do, repeat that for the next three hours? Why do we have to do coverage for six hours so this director could feel safe and have all the close-ups and all these things? Why can't we just move along and keep going? And that's the great thing about a play. You don't have to worry about stopping. Just go. So you're right. Yeah. You just tell the whole story. And then you're like, well, that one bit, well, I'm going to have to fix that tomorrow. You know, two of our mutual friends, James. Yes. James Gunn. Yes. Sean Gunn. Yep. I find it shocking. Some people ask me, Michael, how are you friends with your exes? My ex-girlfriend, I have another podcast called In Love with Michael Rose's mom and Chris Sullivan, which is, is like about gratefulness and relationships. And she came on. She's uh-huh. married now. Love yes. the guy. She came on with her child. And she talked about why it didn't work with us and things like that. And I was like, yeah. Did, did you already know everything she said? Um, or did you learn anything? I learned new things. Mm-hmm. I learned some new things for sure. And, you know, I was very respectful. It's not like you're going to talk about sex or anything like that. She goes, we're not going to. I'm like, no. Yeah. That'd be really weird and disrespectful to the husband. Yeah. Um. So. It would. I agree. <laughs> no, it would. I'm agreeing. But I'm just saying, I, I know you were married to my friend for, for seven years, James. Yep. But then there we were, both of us at Sean's at wedding Sean's together. Wedding, and you also helped, uh, you know, with uh, to, with getting rain into Super, Super? supposedly, yeah. his movie, which I loved. I did. You know, and I look at that, and I'm like, that's just so mature and so cool, but really odd because you don't – normally people hate the, each other. Like, oh, my fucking ex. Or, and I'm sure it wasn't easy. You got divorced. Yeah. You know, there, there was things that happened. But, like, you, you know, you, you're friends, so to we're speak. We're legitimate friends. Yeah. It's just how? Well, I don't know. I think a lot of it is him, I have to say. He, you know him. Oh, yeah. I remember he said when we decided to get divorced, he said, you know, we're not going to be able to call the marriage a success, quote unquote, because we're not staying married, but let's have the most successful divorce. Like, how can we have the most successful divorce? What does a successful divorce look like? And that was like an actual conversation that we had. And and in fact, I would say that the marriage was a success because there were so many things that I learned about myself 
through that relationship. I think that relationship was totally necessary for me. I grew so much as a person. I think he would say he did too. And I'm so grateful for that time. And and also, I think we were able to have that because there was no cheating. I can drive that home again. Fuck yeah. Let's drive home my integrity again. Uh, yeah, I think if you cheated, I probably couldn't have you here. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> then I'd be like, ah, oh, James, I'm having your ex-wife who cheated on you and broke no. your heart. But, that, no, I, no, I but I think that's the thing. Like The, the reasons we divorced weren't um, explosive or hurtful or anything like that. We just realized that we weren't actually the best partners. Right. That we could have. And that just became clear over a period of time. And it it was sort of like, well, I mean, I guess we could stay married just because we said. But I think there's a different life for each of us out there if we have the courage to admit that this wasn't the right choice. And that's a hard conversation to have, especially because of how much I like him and how much we have in common and how much we made each other laugh and we have a mutual love of animals. And so there was this whole percentage of the relationship that worked. But then I think the part that was kind of the most important part of what the reason why you marry someone versus have them as a friend, that part wasn't working for either of us. And if you think about it, I mean, it's very easy to think, look, everybody always wants the perfect marriage and I want to get married. I want it to be forever. But you realize a lot of times forever is, is extraordinary. It's extraordinarily difficult Yeah, because you're saying, Hey, you know, the prenup thing, you know, I think of like, if I get married, I'm like, hey, maybe she has more money than me. Maybe I have more money than her. I don't know. Yeah. But why not get a prenup? It's not because I think I'm going to st- – what if you fall out of love with me? Do you think it's going to last 50 years? I hope it does. But that's a 50 freaking years is a long time. It's rare. And I hope it does. It's a lot of pressure to put on yourself like this. This doesn't have to work. Let's do what we can to make it work. I guess it's easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, no one I, wants to get divorced. It's like the stigma. Well, yeah, you don't. When you're getting married, you're not thinking that that's an option. Yeah, like, hey, let's do this. But, you know, people. whatever. But you know, but then if it doesn't work out, well, just Fuck get divorced. <laughs> I think I was really young when I got married to James, and I wasn't young. I was 26. That's actually not very young, but I was young. I think that's kind of young. I, I was for me. I was, I was young. And I was still sleeping in my pants at that age. Like you didn't have time to take off your pants? You know, I'd be drunk. Oh, I see. You were still... Or sometimes I just sleep in my pants. Yeah. But I think... But I think like... I I met James when I was like 23 or 24. I was very young and I think I didn't do great due diligence for myself. I didn't like really say, what do I want my whole life to look like? And then what kind of partner does that require? What's a good match for me? I just sort of had the message that like, hey, when you fall in love, you marry that person. Marry the person you fall in love with. But then I had another person say, actually, you can fall in love with tons of people. It doesn't mean you should marry them. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's yeah. like, just because love isn't enough, I guess, is what I didn't know. Ooh, that's a good song title. Is it not already a song title? What is that title again? Love Isn't Enough. Love Isn't Enough. Like, there's also, like, other practical down, shit. Baby. Like, you know. Put that down, Ryan. Um, mutual goals, lifestyle, yeah. ways to partner. People partner differently. Well, look, I appreciate you being so damn open and so sweet and so funny. I wish you, you had an appointment today, so I got I to gotta go take a picture downstairs and stuff. But I love talking to you. You're so much fun. Thank you. You're really, like, this is... 
I, I, I record- you're not the first person to be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just feel like, you know, I shoot these. They're not sequentially. It's not like we record and it airs, record and it airs. So when I say this last person, I'm saying everybody's great, but I'm saying this is so much better than the last one. Thanks. Than the last person I recorded a long time ago, whatever. It just, it just, it's just fun. I, I'm having fun. Thank you. I really enjoyed doing this podcast. Yeah. Would you ever come back? Sure. Why not? Is that true? Yeah. It wasn't that much of an inconvenience, was it? No. No. You're very well located. Oh, good. For my life. Oh, good. <laughs> That's a good start. Um, <laughs> you have a podcast or you're doing one, right? Yeah. Do you want to talk about that for I've a second? I've got a podcast. Yeah. Let's talk about that for mind. a second. Yeah. I'm doing a podcast with my best friend, Angela Kinsey. It's called Office Ladies. Here's what we do. Every week we watch an episode of The Office and then we chat about it and we tell all our behind the scenes stories and trivia. That only, Are you serious? Yeah. So like only, you know, because we were there. So we can tell you all the Are you going to have like guests, special guests like maybe Steve Carell or Rain? We will. We will. We'll have uh, other actors on. But then we're going to have awesome people on like our editor, Dave Rogers, who knows absolutely everything about every episode and oh every person God. because he was just in the basement editing all the time. He knows literally everything. So he's a fascinating person to talk to. That is amazing. But like our DP, different directors... Yeah, it's fun. It's really what's, fun. What's it called again? Office Ladies. Office Ladies. It's on Wednesdays. Comes and, out on Wednesdays. You can subscribe. Uh, when? When? I don't know what time. I mean, I, when is it gonna? Oh well, it premiered uh, October sixteenth. Uh, what's your what's your handles? Oh, I'm at Ms. Jenna Fisher. Do you follow me on Instagram? No, should I? Could you? I will now. That'd be cool. Do you have a separate Instagram for your podcast? Yeah. Do you find that difficult to manage? I have a guy who does it, Bryce, who's amazing. Oh. Bryce does all the social media, so he's uh, really helping out. But I actually do, too, and I, I like things, and I add things, and I, I listen and look at uh, people's comments and stuff, because I think that's important. I like to engage. No. Well, we have – people can write us questions about episodes or things they want to know, and we'll answer the questions. I think people are going to really love this. I hope so. Now, do you We're have to pay a commission? It. Do you have to pay commission to the office? I don't think so. If you make money, because you'll make money, maybe, right? Well, yeah. When they when they buy ad, people buy ads on the show. So you just it. talk it's about like it. You, it. It's 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 like doing a DVD commentary of it with also our personal stories, and then also just sometimes we just chat about our lives. You know, Rain was on here. Yeah. And yeah, he was great, and yeah. he talked about you know he was very upfront and personal, and like really got. So he just got, you know, he said, you talked about, you know, he said, I can be an asshole. And, you know, I remember in the office, I don't think if you asked people in the office, they'd say I was an asshole. But, you know, I would get in my head and I get, you know, a certain way. And, you know, uh, you know, and he was just very honest and, you know, going through things and finding himself and all these things. Uh, did you enjoy working with him? I love Rain. So that aspect of Rain that he's talking about, we just, you know, when you just have like a an uncle who gets real cranky sometimes. That was rain. That was it. Sometimes he'll get real cranky, but never. He was never abusive. He was never mean. You know, he's a warm, wonderful, nice guy. He just, you know, would get cranky, and um, in the sweetest way, though. And then you could just call him out on it, and he thought it was funny. But um, I'll tell you something. Rain is the person that I would call if I was like deeply wounded or sad about something like in a moment of grief or um, in a moment of just like existential crisis, he is the person to call. I trust him with my deepest secrets and my biggest hurts and everything. He's just a, a soulful, wonderful man. You know, it's funny you say that I don't know him as well as you do, obviously, 
but after sitting with him, I I felt that way too. I felt like his 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 he had just buried his dog. Aww. And he came in here and he talked about and how his wife and him they they weeped and you know and they said their love and they just said you know and it was just like you could just tell that like he's really there there are those people who just go through life going through the motions which I think was me for quite a while and now I'm really paying attention to things and really trying to be present and mindful and all these things and just be a better person not that I'm a bad person but just feel more you know yes and I could just tell you know. I, I, you could call this guy yeah, and he'd be like, Hey, I'll be right over. Or Hey, yes. what do you need? He's, he, I feel that way too. Yes. That's him. Yeah. That's him. That's nice to, to work with people that like that, you know? Yes. Yes. Well, this has been fantastic. I really, really like. I this. really liked it. This is so good. Yeah. I mean, I, I can go on forever with you. Usually I like to cut, cut them off after an hour. So. You do. So this is good. It's about an hour, right? But I feel like there's more we could say if I came back another time. Do you promise to come back another time? Yeah. Can I you promise. really do that? All right, of let's course. let's Why not? How about this? How about I will text you in the next maybe after 6 months. Great. That will give a little time of separation. Yeah. Jenna Fish is coming back. Coming back and then we can you can ask me like about my new life as a podcaster. Yeah, and, see and then it's going in the Cuz it's just at the beginning now Exactly. And, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. She promised. I promised. Yeah. My friend Dax said he's going to be on the show again, but he says he can't do it till December cuz he's shooting a show. He's shooting the show that took Wait. over my time slot. It's why my oh. show got canceled. So that's why he's so busy. Jenna Fisher, this has been a real <laughs> good time. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. Uh, keep the mug. I you will. like the mug. I and like the mug. Uh, you're amazing. Say a little leaf for me. I will. And the kids, keep them out of the street. Yep. Um, it's all good. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.